Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Episode number 178 for all of you following along at home. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday episode. Joining me on the line right now is Spike Cohen, Libertarian nominee uh, for the office of vice president. Uh, He, running alongside Joe Jorgensen, was in town just yesterday. And in fact, uh, the the plan was initially to to link up with Spike yesterday, but uh, there was a bit of a COVID scare. Uh, Spike, you guys all healthy now? Hi, I am Lee, and thanks for having me on. So there wasn't really a scare per se. Uh, We found out that someone who had attended one of our events uh, just over a week ago uh, in Nebraska had tested positive after the fact. And uh, none of us were showing any symptoms, and it had been, you know, long enough ago that uh, if we had been, you know, contracted it, it probably would have been uh, uh, clear in one of the people on the tour uh, and, and with all of the measures we had in place, we had every reason to believe everything was okay. But out of an abundance of caution, we went ahead and all got tested. And so we had to kind of, uh, as soon as we found out, we dropped everything and, and ran to the nearest place to get a, a rapid test. And we did, of course, test all. We all tested negative. So uh, that confirmed everything that we, we thought about our, our precautions and pr- protocols that are in place. But, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, we I, I didn't get a chance to talk with you yesterday. But thankfully, I get to talk with you today. That's all right. Here we are. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, introduce yourself, please, to, to the audience. Who, who is Spike Cohen? Absolutely. Uh, I am Spike Cohen, and uh, I'm running for vice president with my uh, running mate, Dr. Joe Jorgensen. Uh, I personally, I'm a, a small business owner. I started a web design company back in 1999. Uh, I grew that into a fairly successful company, and I, I retired from it three years ago so I could focus full-time on uh, libertarian activism. I'm now the host of My Fellow Americans and the co-host of The Muddied Waters of Freedom and the co-owner of Money Waters Media. And uh, I've been using that platform, which has a reach uh, in the millions, to reach out to everyday Americans across the country and give them the message of libertarianism. And after hearing so many Americans that were frustrated with the options that they were presented uh, when they in, on Election Day and, uh, and the, the frustrated with the increasing cost of living and the increasing uh, in, infringements upon their, their lives and their rights and their property by the Republicans and Democrats, uh, I realized that we needed to have people who could present a bold libertarian message in a dynamic and engaging and empathetic way. And that's what Joe Jorgensen and I are doing now. Uh, wh- wh- where are you from? Wh- where did you grow up? Uh, so I was born in Baltimore, but I, I grew up in – I've lived uh, pretty much all of my life in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area. And last night, as you were here in Salt Lake City uh, addressing uh, those gathered at the Utah State Capitol, what, what was the message you delivered? Uh, the message I delivered was one of hope, one of changing things that uh, that are happening right now. 
uh, a message of giving people their power and their freedom and their money back. Uh, what I keep hearing from people in Utah and in every state that I've visited, not just on this bus tour, uh, but during this entire campaign going across the country while our opponents hide in their bunkers and basements, uh, what I've heard over and over again is that people have had their, their power and their ability to make decisions for themselves and their families and communities taken from them by an ever-growing government. Uh, they have less and less money, and the cost of living is going out of control. They have things imposed upon them, and they're told that it's for their own good, and yet they see time and time again that it actually leads to worse outcomes for them and everyone they care about. And so the message I gave is that they aren't crazy. They aren't wrong. What they, what they know to be correct is true. When they have more power, when they have their money back, when they have more freedom, they live better lives than any of these politicians in D.C. or in their state and city capitals who often have never actually worked a real job or owned a real business in their lives and have no idea how the real world works are telling them how to live their life, that that's never going to work as well as when they just have control over their own lives and get their power back and have the regulatory impediments and, and taxes and mandates that make their lives so hard removed so that they can live and thrive and prosper the way that the founders intended. More money, more freedom, more ability to, to live and operate and work as you choose all sound like wonderful, beautiful things. Uh, let me ask you, how do you plan to, to – there is certainly widespread dissatisfaction with both major candidates right now. What does that mean for your own candidacy? Well, we've seen over and over again. I've gone to uh, protests and rallies across the political spectrum. I've gone to Black Lives Matter and police accountability rallies. I've gone to pro-gun rallies. I've spoken with lockdown protesters. And the message I hear is the same thing. They hate the options they give, they're given. They know that they're being pandered to. They know that no matter which side of the Republican bird they vote for, they're going to get the same bad off outcomes. They're going to get more taxes, more laws, more mandates, more impositions on their lives. Uh, you know, more people thrown into cages for victimless crimes. We hear the same thing over and over again. And so what we do is we listen to what they have to say, and then we present to them a, a, the, the fantastic news that the Libertarian Party is that viable alternate, alternative option from the Republicans, that they actually do have someone who is working to give them a, their own voice back, to give them their own power and money back. And uh, again, whether we've, we've gotten uh, endorsements from gun rights groups We've gotten endorsements from Black Lives Matter groups. We've gotten endorsements from people who are against the lockdown. We've gotten endorsements across the political spectrum, not by pandering or watering down our message, but by simply presenting to them what we all know to intuitively be correct, that when we have our power back, when we have our money back, when we have our freedom back, and when the burdens that those pandering, craven politicians and the, and the, the cronies who bought and paid for them to be in office removed, when we have those impediments removed, we can thrive and prosper in ways that they would never want us to. Putting things very, very generally there uh, is a battle right now in the streets of America, in particular in Kenosha, in Portland, elsewhere around this country. There are those who are on the side of law and order, in law enforcement, the side of the police. Uh, and then there are uh, those who are on the side of what are called often uh, peaceful protesters, uh, but often devolves into violence and destruction. Where does a libertarian find themselves in, in these uh, events across the country right now? Well, well, with all due respect, 
we, I find that to be a false binary. I, I've yet to speak to anyone in any of the protests I've been to who have said we are against law and order or we are against the law or we are against protection or safety or peace. What they're saying is that they want the police to be held accountable when bad actors in police departments and government agencies do wrong. And, and what we've seen in many of these protests, protesters show up often unarmed and often peaceful. And when they do show up, they're often tear gassed and pepper sprayed and uh, they're thrown in cages. There are people that that pro- protested a month ago in New York who, who are still being held without any charges being filed against them, which is a clear and blatant violation of their habeas corpus rights. Uh, and now we have seen when people show up armed, all of a sudden that doesn't happen. Uh, and so that's a, that's a powerful nod to the Second Amendment there and, and the purpose of it. But going back to the, the, to the point, while the police are, are doing this to the protesters, they leave the entire rest of the city unpleased. And thanks to the war on guns, they've also left it unarmed. They've left the people unable to defend themselves. And we've seen opportunists who often do not care about police accountability or Black Lives Matter or anything else. They step in and use the opportunity uh, to, you know, loot and steal and pillage. And, of course, we completely reject anyone who would use uh, violence or or thievery or, uh, you know, harm private uh, property or, or harm individual people or anything like that. We reject that entirely. But we also don't think that there's this binary choice. Uh, between, uh, you know, wanting to loot and pillage and steal and uh, and not wanting police to be held accountable. Uh, we absolutely believe that the uh, federal government has completely failed in its increasing involvement in policing, which is not a federal issue, and it should absolutely be left to communities. Uh, the biggest single thing that needs to be done and will happen when Joe Jorgensen is elected is qualified immunity will end so that when police officers and other government officials do harmful things to people, they will be held just as accountable as you and I would be in that situation. But in the meantime, uh, we also believe that protesters should be peaceful. We think that the uh, demonstrations have shown that it's best when they're armed because that creates a, a powerful equalizer of power there. Uh, and we also believe that private owners of, of businesses and private property owners and homeowners should also be able to be armed so they can protect themselves because we've seen often that the government has failed at its basic function of protecting the people and their properties. Spike Cohen, thank you so much. We're going to have to leave it at that. Uh, my guest, Libertarian nominee uh, for the office of vice president, running alongside Joe Jorgensen in this upcoming November election. Spike, best of luck to you on the road, all right? Thank you, Lee. I appreciate it. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we return, I've got in my hands here a document uh, from the Office of Elections. The names which will appear on the ballot in November have been finalized. Uh, also, the order in which they will appear has been finalized. And I stumbled across some surprise names I did not expect to see. I will share them with you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.